It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Give it up for the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, everybody. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 688 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Tuesday, March the 24th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of Raptors.com for the month of March. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, most of the baseball and hockey teams as well, all the big college programs you like too. And we are still going daily through whatever the hell is going on out there inside. You can listen to our podcast, whether you're doing video games or chores or cooking or video games or video games, whatever you're doing while you're killing quarantine time. Please make sure you're supplementing it with the Lockdown Podcast Network. I love firing up a, a, a little afternoon session of Stardew Valley and throwing out a couple podcasts. You should do that with the Lockdown Podcast as well. It's lovely, and we appreciate your uh, listenership very, very much in these very strange and trying times. Uh, all right, on today's show, I'm joined by our pal Big V. It's not Monday uh, because Monday we had the Round Ball Rock episode in the can already, but he is joining me now. It's Vivek Jacob for uh, Big V Tuesdays to talk about a very special topic, Danny Green, who uh, today, March 24th, would have received his championship ring as the Lakers were supposed to come to town for uh, their game against the Raptors in Toronto. Obviously, that's not taking place. That's a big bummer. That would have been a really fun game. I'm sad I didn't get to cover that one as part of Raptors.com's coverage team. That sucks, but uh, we can still talk about Danny Green and Big V is here. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Highlight of my day so far is uh, through my window. I could see a couple of policemen riding their horses and so it was nice to see some horses today um besides that i have outside of you know some basketball stuff i've been binging mr robot Mm. and uh but 
it's it's very intense. And so to take a break from that, I've started watching Parks and Rec, which is really funny. Um, and so yeah, I feel like the two sort of fit nicely. I'm able to get a break when I need it, and yeah, that's how that's how isolation's going for me. I've not really binged much in the way of TV. It's weird. Uh, like I've, I've watched a few movies, pretty depressing movies, frankly. I watched like Dark Waters, which I would not recommend if you uh, want to not feel sad about the state of the world and big companies and rich people. Um, and also watched I Am Legend last night, last night, which was a terrible idea. I don't know why I did that, but it bummed me out hard. Um, I guess watching I Am Legend, my thought was, well, at least what's going on now can't be as bad as I Am Legend was uh, in terms of like the full-scale decline of society so that's good i guess if you're looking for a strange sort of pick me up but no didn't really work out very well i'm trying to get into the tv a little bit i watched like i burned through community just before like the socially distancing sort of measures came into place and so i'm mad at that because community would have been great to burn through while quarantined but um no i'm, I'm still I, the, the stardew valley and the animal crossing have really taken up a lot of my time lately it's been actually kind of a problem but whatever i'm not beholden to anybody right now um, we are beholden to the listeners to hold up the end of our bargain and talk about danny green on today's show of course danny green was a beloved member of the raptors for a little while there he averaged over the course of his regular season with the team 10.3 points a game four boards 45.5 percent from three was i believe the number two three-point shooter in the league he had that game winner in orlando and then the playoffs came and it was a bit of an up and down uh, road, mostly down with a couple of enormous ups for Danny Green in the postseason. Before we get into the nitty gritty and sort of our, our deep memories of Danny Green, what was your sort of overall feeling and, and takeaway from the single season that Danny Green played for the Toronto Raptors? Man, I thought he was awesome. Obviously, he wasn't the same guy in the postseason. And I think part of that had to do with the way defenses sort of just key in. And let's face it. Danny Green's a specialist, so when you just focus on one guy doing one certain thing, I think it's easier to sort of take that away. Um, he still had a couple of nice games, but yeah, I thought overall he had a really, really good season. I think one thing that maybe gets underlooked in terms of his postseason performances is the fact that he played 80 games last season, coming off uh, a San Antonio season where he too was injured. Uh, I know all the focus was on Kawhi, so that tends to get overlooked. But yeah, for him to come back and have a career high three point percentage, um, I thought he was super fun to watch. I thought he was amazing with the media, um, always extremely generous with his time. So I loved Danny, Danny Green while he was in Toronto. Um, it would have been awesome if he could have come back, but I think financially that was just never going to work out. Yeah, it was weird, that sort of holding pattern there, where it was like, you're either going to get super lucky and get both Kawhi and Danny Green back, and the Raptors are just going to play pay like insane luxury tax, and that's great, that's exciting and encouraging and fun. Um, or it was, oh, well, Kawhi's going to break our hearts and that Danny Green's also going to do that, because it never really seemed like it was one, one of the two was going to come back. It seemed like both or nothing. Um, and so that was definitely a strange time sort of monitoring Danny Green. I remember the thing I remember most is like him and Harrison Sanford were like the ones that we were like looking to as to were they going to, you know, have any updates on what Kawhi is doing. People were asking Danny, I know a ton, whether or not he had any idea what Kawhi was doing. And he also had no clue, apparently. And so I, I guess he wasn't invited to Drake's house to talk things over. Um, but I, I just, it was a very strange dynamic. But back to the regular season he played, I mean, 
it was great. It was so nice having like a viable, steady, defensive-minded three-point shooting two-guard. I, I mean, yes, DeMar DeRozan was incredible and goes down as the best shooting guard in franchise history, but Danny Green was such a perfect fit on that team, which watching back some of these games they're replaying, like what a perfectly built team, man. Like just so, so good. There were no liabilities on either end of the floor. Everyone could do a little bit on both ends. And Danny Green was the epitome of that. Even if he was sort of the most offensively limited guy, I remember the big thing last season was how excited he was that Nick Nurse was like, yeah, drive with the ball in your hands. Do some stuff with it. See what can happen. Read and react. And and Danny Green really seemed to enjoy being able to play in that kind of offensive system as opposed to the regimented stylings of the Spurs. And so that that was a nice thing to see. We never really saw him reach any sort of great playmaking heights or anything like that. That wasn't really his bag, but he was just kind of, he summed up exactly what that team needed and what that team was about. Just viable goodness on both ends of the floor, you know, probably leaned more towards the defensive end and was really excellent when it came to that too. I just, it's, it's weird to think like that last season was the Kawhi season, but I'm not sure that team wins the title without Danny Green. Maybe maybe they do. Like He obviously didn't play a ton in the playoffs in certain stretches when he was really, really cold, and Fred Van Vliet obviously took over in a big way in the final two series. But I really thought Danny Green was a big part in them getting there and just having the construction to you know, make it through a playoff series and, and, and you know, de- deal with the Sixers and guard the Sixers and, and just the, all of the things he offered were so valuable. Do you agree with that, that they don't win the title without him? Maybe it's not as extreme as, like, the Gasol example, but he was super valuable, even though he wasn't awesome in the postseason. Absolutely, man. All the pieces matter. Um, and I think with Danny, it's so much of it is off the court as well, right? His leadership, we talk about bringing that championship mentality, that championship pedigree. Uh, it wasn't just Kawhi that brought it, brought it. It was Danny, too, that sort of never get too high, never get too low. Um, show up every day, that professionalism that he showed night in and night out. And to be a leader um, where, you know, I, I know uh, Danny's talked about this, Kyle has talked about this too, where certain times and practices where he would see that the intensity wasn't quite there and he'd start, you know, getting on guys uh, saying that, hey, we, you know, there's a certain standard that we have to maintain and that starts in practice, that starts in forming these good habits that, you know, like Jack Armstrong says, excellence is a habit. And I think he was a big part of that, making sure that excellence was there. Um, and I think that's part of why when Kawhi sat, we saw that 17 and five record because they always strived, uh, you know, to, to be the best they could be all the time. And so... I, I think as much as he provided with the three-point shooting and the defense, the ability to defend multiple positions, I think his leadership was there all throughout, from, from right from when he stepped in, uh, you know, on, the, on that media day, uh, and right through until the playoffs ended. Uh, and you know, you even look at that uh, Warrior series is. For him to just sort of take a back seat after starting all season and just be like, yeah, okay, Fred's Fred's gonna Fred's hot, let him come in and do his thing. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put my ego aside and understand that this is what, what's best for the team right now. There's a lot of veterans who, who have egos who wouldn't be comfortable with that, and so for him to be all about winning all the way through, uh, I think he was a big part of uh, get, getting the Raptors a championship. 
Definitely. We're going to continue talking about Danny Green and his impact on the Raptors in his one season in Toronto in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Blinkist, which is one of the most useful apps you will ever put onto your phone. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more unless you're quarantined. But even then, you got lots of stuff going on. You got to take care of your kids. You got to homeschool, all that stuff. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. But there is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It is called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help business health and history all to all other different ranges of topics Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to I like Blinkist because it, again, just makes it easy to not have to slog through a big, long book. You get all the important bits you want to know in 15 minutes in audio form. I like to listen to podcasts. It's just like a really informative podcast. I use Blinkist when I'm exercising, which doesn't happen often, but when I do, I'll use it uh, while cooking, while I'm doing anything in the house, while I'm self-isolating. I've read and listened to a ton of books, and I highly recommend you check them out. you got popular books like Sea Stories, My Life in Special Operations by William H. McRaven. You've got The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And for sports, you've got The Sports Gene by David Epstein. You've got How Champions Think in Sports and Life by Bob Rotella and Bob Cullen, and so much more. You even got Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. No shortage of stuff for you to check out and get 15-minute nuggets of all the things you need to know. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try for free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, dot com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And again, you'll also receive 25% off your first subscription, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's get back into this thing here. Big V, Danny Green. Okay, so let's sort of go through some all the like, great moments from him. He obviously had his uh, his flourishes, but a big part of him also was the fact that he was pretty understated, and you never really noticed him unless he was really doing something spectacular. But even when he didn't notice him, he was still doing good things, whether it was spacing the floor, whether it was uh, just providing excellent perimeter defense, all that good stuff. Um, do you have any standout memories from Danny Green, whether it's regular season or playoffs, though? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the one that comes to mind immediately from the regular season is the double block with Kawhi <sighs> uh, against Tatum and the Celtics. I mean, that, that was the first time that you know the Raptors have something special here. Um, the way they closed out that game, and then Tatum, you know, basically in transition. Uh, I went back and watched that play. Kyle sort of um, does what J.R. Smith did in that uh, Cavs-Warriors finals and sort of holds him off as long as he can, gives enough time for Danny and Kawhi to catch up, and then boom, uh, and boom again. (laughs) And, and yeah, that that play is unforgettable for me. Um, Just highlighted what a defensive beast the Raptors can be. Um, then I think about the buzzer beater he had against the Magic. That was pretty cool. Um, the play call from Nurse and, uh, yeah, the initial denial on, I think it was supposed to go to Kawhi at the three-point line, but that was denied. And so Danny was able to get a look. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I think the Memphis game, the, the one where he went off from three, um, I think he made eight threes in that one. He did, so, yeah. Yeah. That, and then, obviously, the finals, that game three where he made six threes. Uh, I think people kind of forget about that game, but he was awesome in that one. Uh, big reason why they won that one. So, uh, yeah, those are the ones that definitely come to mind sort of off the top. Uh, I think an underrated Danny game is... Uh, the game the Raptors played against the Warriors during the regular season uh, in Oakland. Mm. And the reason why I say it's an un- underrated one is because it wasn't about his three-point shooting. Um, and this was sort of, it, it took you into Nick Nurse's brain a little bit in terms of how many different ways he could look to attack uh, an individual or a team. And so this was one where he committed to having Steph work in the post. And so every opportunity they got, Danny Green was posting up Steph Curry. And he had five assists in that game. Yeah. Really sort of helped his offense move the ball around and get some open looks. And so I think that that one is sort of an underrated Danny game. Um, And just sort of speaks to the ways that he was sort of a team player and could help the team in so many ways. God, that game was so damn cool. That Warriors game, the second night of the back-to-back, both of the Kawhi, they, like, paced the Clippers by 24, and then they went and did that. Yeah, Danny had 15 points in that game, too. He was 6 of 11, only 1 of 5 from 3, and, yeah, that was him posting up Steph just relentlessly, which was, uh, I guess, sort of novel early on to see Nick Nurse try something weird like that, but it was... uh, obviously a sign of things to come in terms of creativity and stuff like that um i, I remember to the i mean the, the block the double block for sure is like something that i'll never forget because that game that was like the second game of the season um that was like early on in the year and you were still sort of uncertain as to whether or not Kawhi was even healthy and how was this all going to come together and it was the early days of will he or won't he stay and we were just kind of getting used to the new normal and to see that in that Celtics game where I think they shut the Celtics down for like four straight minutes in the fourth quarter and pulled away, and that was sort of the, the capper on it. That was sort of yeah. the first glimpse because I think their first game was against like the horrible Cavs or something like that. And then the second game yeah. was against the Celtics, and it was their first real test against a good team, a team that a lot of people predict, predicted to win 60 games. And then the Raptors just like – it was their first of probably 50 – stretches of like five to six minutes where they were just absolutely swarming defensively and they were 
impossible to score on. It was like the the peak of what they would do against like the the Sixers later on, where they forced Ben Simmons into a triple double with turnovers. And there was, uh, you know, so many of those games that you can't even count. And it was such a, a hallmark of him, of him in the postseason as well. I mean, like the stretches against the Bucks where they would come back. A lot of it was from that defense that could just turn a game on a dime. And that was the first example of it in the first sort of capper. And it was a block on Jason Tatum, which, you know, people who listen to this podcast will know like that, that, that is extra points for me. <laughs> so that kicked ass. That was a great game. And then the other one that I, that really, Danny, sorry, go ahead. One too. Now, yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, now that I think back, like Danny hit a big three in that one too. Yeah. Um, where I think it was like early clock. And he just was able to get himself free in the corner and just went up with it. And that that was also like we talk about the defense. That was also the sort of the beginning, you know, it, maybe maybe not playoff wise, but the rest of the regular season. It was pretty much if Danny got an open look, semi open look, you knew that thing was going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was so automatic in the regular season. I remember it was it was a Kyle Korver. He was in the race with to be the number one three point shooter. Oh, no, Joe Harris. Um, yeah, and I was like rooting for Joe Harris to brick shots so Danny Green could win the, the three-point shooting title. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, was he in the three-point contest last year? Danny? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought so. He was, uh, yeah. he was, um, he had, he had a decent round. It was just, I think everyone kind of went crazy. Yeah. And so he got knocked out. I remember being really worried about him in the three-point contest because he had that weird, like, jump-forward motion, which seems to kind of give guys trouble. It's not like a straight up and down. It was one of the weirder shots you'll ever see. It was so pure, but, like, super bizarre form. And when he would do it on the run, like, in transition, he would jump ahead, like, six feet from his, like, point of uh, yeah, leaving the yeah. ground. Um, but Man, those transition yeah. threes, I keep thinking about them. Wow, those are the best, man. Yeah, they kicked Thank ass. Kyle would just push, and then he'd know Danny was behind him, kick yeah. it back up, boom. Yeah, I uh, I loved him. And yeah, the, just like the motion on it was so weird and like quirky and perfect. I also, I'll always remember game one of the finals because like he wasn't amazing by any means. He had 11 points. He had 3-7 from 3. But he made timely shots in that one. He did. And it was just like really, it was like the releasing of a dam almost because so here are the games before this, after the start of the Philly series, which in game, or sorry, near the end of the Philly series, game six, uh, sorry, game five, he goes five of seven, and that's his last really good game for a long time. So game six against the Sixers, he goes two of eight from three, O of one in uh, game seven, and then against Milwaukee, he goes one of four, two of four, one of six, O of two, O of three, O of four. And that was in like the peak of like the, you know, it was always sort of a feast or famine thing with Danny Green. And we knew that coming in. Spurs fans warned that coming in as well. But then to see him go three of seven in game one of the finals, when you also have Pascal going off and Marcus Saul looks incredible and like that, they just looked like they were ready for it. And they were not scared of game one of the finals on their home court. And for Danny to do that, it was just like, oh my God, the release of that was, uh, was wonderful, even yeah. though he didn't really do much in the remainder of the series. Uh, I mean, he was really good in game three. Like you said, he was six to 10, but his last three games, he was one to seven, oh, for four, and then uh, didn't even take a three or didn't take a shot in game six, which is kind of interesting as he only played 17 minutes because Fred Van Vliet was out there hitting daggers with his melons hanging out. But um, it, was, uh, it was a fun ride as much as like he was probably the player who made me want to pull my hair out the most in the playoffs, I think. Uh, it yeah. was still super enjoyable to watch him. I mean, I guess Fred in the in the, the Sixers and Bucks series, and even Abaka had his moments, and Norm too. Like everyone had their moments where I was like screaming into the TV. But 
I think Danny most consistently had those, but I don't remember those because all, everything worked out just fine. And there were a lot of really good games in there too. I mean, he had that great game in game five, that 36 point win over the Sixers, which was the most resounding win they had. Um, he was great in a couple sections of the uh, Buck series as well. And early in the Sixers series, like he, sorry, not the Buck series, the, uh, he was awful in the Buck series, but in the Magic series, he had some moments too. Um, just a, a fun player to root for too, man. Just like a really nice, easy to root for guy. Pretty chill. Did the podcast, which was like a nice sort of glimpse into the team. Sort of like an, a precursor to what Serge Ibaka does now. Um, even though Ibaka doesn't have a podcast, but maybe should because it would be awesome. Like it was... Uh, it was cool. And also, he was kind of like the weird sort of conduit to Kawhi a little bit, too. I remember when the trade first happened, and he hadn't even played a game for the Raptors yet. He did an episode of Inside the Green Room, and he was talking about Kawhi and talking about the medical staff in San Antonio. And that was what honestly sort of swayed my thinking, because so much of the reporting was, oh, man, can you believe how much the Spurs or how much Kawhi screwed over the Spurs and he quit on them and all that stuff? But listening to Danny Green, it was like, mm, that kind of sounds like maybe there's a lot of blame on the Spurs side of things here, and we're just not getting that because Kawhi doesn't talk, <laughs> and so we're not right. getting it from the horse's mouth as to what the Spurs were doing. And Danny Green had some sort of pot shots in that podcast I remember listening to that were uh, pretty eye-opening and made me sort of a little bit more comfortable with the idea of Kawhi coming to Toronto and you know, the whole, you know, was he going to actually report and all that stuff? Like After listening to Danny Green, I felt no concern over that whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he, so one of the things that now I remember, he's, he talked about playing through his groin injury, right? And that was something that yeah. I think if he could have had his way with the organization, he would have sat out as well. And so I think that sort of points to how things were handled over there. And so, again, to come off that season uh, with the injury um, and, yeah, again, to shoot lights out the way he did, uh, to play the defense that he did, to lead the team the way he did, yeah, I, that, I think you know, if you if you make a ranking of just the best single seasons, um, I think definitely among role players, like he'd be pretty much at the top, um, and yeah, I think the way he sort of ingratiated himself with the city, whether it be the podcast, the you know all the public appearances that he had. Um, going to rec room. Um, he went to rec room in Mississauga too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, I, I think this city definitely loves and appreciates him. Uh, you know, as much as those last few games, uh, in the finals would have done to sort of frustrate fans and especially that turnover, um, in game <laughs> six, which could have turned things around real quick. Um, I'm glad things played out the way you did, and now we can sort of look back and remember all the positives. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. That's funny. Uh, you just jog my memory of the two things that are probably the lead. <laughs> we buried the lead a little too much, I think. Like the the turnover in game six that was part of that whole blue balls finish where it was like, is it going to end? Is it going to end? Are we ready to jump around? Are we, uh, no, not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It was just like edging for five minutes uh, at the end of that game. Um, yeah. Like that, that turnover was, I mean, he would go down as like an all-time goat if he, not not the good kind. Had he missed, had that that led to like Steph hitting that three and the Raptors don't win that game. I mean, that would have been, I would have felt so bad for him, but it also would have been really easy to scream at him for what the hell were you doing? Um, God, I remember I was just watching game six like a week and a half ago and I, I also got mad at that. Like I know the outcome and I still get mad at it every time. <laughs> it's uh, not awesome. Um, looking back, yeah. Looking back, it was almost fitting that it ended with a defensive stop for that team. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, if you want to look at a positive. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you're um, right. D- Danny Green is a poet, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, but, you know, I remember him making an appearance on the Zach Lowe podcast and talking about that turnover. And, uh, you know, he was sort of down on himself and thinking he cost the team and all that. And everyone on the team w- was just like, hey, we're good. Next play, we're going to get this stop. You know, and that that was the mentality. I think ultimately that that he tried to impart throughout the season. It finally, you know, all throughout the playoffs, you, that sort of was a culmination of um, it transferring through to everyone and being like, "Hey, it doesn't matter. We're gonna get this done." Yeah, and I don't buy the fact, like the the suggestion that the Raptors would have lost Game Seven at home, like especially with Clay out. Like, I don't think that was going to happen as much as Steph is terrifying and Draymond scary and all that. And like DeMarcus Cousins was fine for a couple games, although I believe he got played off the floor pretty substantially later in the series. But um, I I just I I really, really felt like that team was not going to be bothered by losing game six on the road, like to an all time clay game and Steph going off or whatever. Like I. I wasn't worried right. about that necessarily. So I don't think like Danny Green was at risk of like costing the finals for the Raptors, but certainly a, a moment of hairiness that sort of <laughs> harkened back to Raptors anxiety of old, I'm sure for a lot of people. Um, the other thing too, that we didn't really hit on is just the absurdity that he was included in the trade to begin with, <laughs> which like should have been the thing we talked about to begin with, because Holy shit, what a dumb trade for the Spurs. Uh, and the Raptors also yeah. got more money. They got two million bucks in the deal as well. What was your reaction when the trade happened? Because I remember being very nervous because I believe Danny Green's name was put in before we knew what the return was. And so I was expecting, well, if Danny Green's coming, then it's got to be like Yak or it's not got to be like OG or Siakam, which I was worried about. And when it came down to that was Yak, I was just like over the moon. And I also think it might have been with you, like the day before the trade went down, we were just talking about potential, like what they would do in a trade. And I think it was me saying it's not going to happen like I did many times last summer when all these rumors are flying around. I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of like – 
you if you want to really like match salaries properly and stuff like that, you got to throw in like Danny Green. That's a dream. You probably get Patty Mills, <laughs> and let alone they they got Danny Green. They got the dream scenario. It was just what a silly trade. The best trade, but so silly. Yeah, I, I was in the exact same boat as you. Um, as soon as I saw Danny Green's name uh, on Twitter it, as part of the deal, I was like, okay. What what is the outcome where OG's gone? There's no way um, we're getting Kawhi and Danny and just giving up uh, Demar and yeah, I guess it ended up being Proto, but uh, and the pick obviously, but yeah, I I think to get both of those guys, clearly there was uh, maybe maybe they thought Danny Green was over the hill. Maybe they didn't sort of regard uh, his groin injury uh, the way. It should have been, and just thought that he was playing below expectations, and thought, "Hey, okay, final year. Um, he's probably at the end. Um, you know, they probably just felt comfortable letting him go. Um, probably overvalued Demar a little bit too, but um, yeah, I think ultimately for him to be a part of that deal, uh, yeah, I think it was crazy. He's he's." built his reputation on being one of the best role players. Like he's the, he's like the modern day, you know, the, the way we look at the Robert Ories and the Derek Fishers and that type of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's what he's been in this generation. So I think to get him was huge. Yep. It was, uh, <laughs> I'll still be asking how Masai got both those guys in the same deal for the rest of time. And it's weird that they're both gone, but man, it was a ride. Uh, so in my ranking of every Raptor for RaptorsHQ.com, my number two, my 2.0 update from last summer, uh, I have Danny Green as the number 31 Raptor of all time. Uh, he's ahead of Jalen Rose and who else is he just ahead of? Jerome Williams, Patrick Patterson, Rudy Gay, Rafer Alston. And he's just behind on the list Corey Joseph, Lou Williams, Terrence Ross, Walt Williams, Norm Powell, Mark Gasol. Do you have a problem with any of those guys that Danny Green is ranked uh, higher or lower than on my ranking of all time? Um, I think maybe we can quibble a bit about the Lou Williams. Yeah. Because uh, Lou, I think Lou, that's the only one that maybe I'd say. Because even with Corey, because Corey's got the longevity over him. Yeah, and the passport, um, baby. <laughs> and also, he hit a big three-pointer against the Bucks in the playoffs, which Danny Green cannot say he did. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but yeah, I think I think I might have him over Lou Will, especially with the way Lou Will was in the playoffs. Um, I think I would argue that Danny's single regular season was more impactful and more important uh, than Lou's. Uh, six man of the year campaign but hey i think uh, i can see it going the other way too so yeah in hindsight i mean i'm a noted lou williams hater so i'm surprised i did this myself because <laughs> 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 uh boy did lou williams not translate to the playoffs even a little tiny bit at least danny green offered defense um yeah, I'm going to have to revisit that in 3.0 uh, this summer or whenever basketball ends. <laughs> Maybe next week. Who the hell knows? Uh, no. but yeah, Danny Green ruled. How do they get him his ring now? What's the 
what's the protocol? Do they just wait till the Lakers come next time? Or do we? is there some sort of creative well, think, way they get it to them? I think there's got to be some official word, right, on what's happening with the season. Yeah. I don't think they'll come to any decisions until that is made. And then, yeah, I think it would suck, but they'd probably just maybe just send it to him somehow. And they, then, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you do cancel the season, you still start off in October. Yeah. A fingers crossed, like the new season in October, then, then yeah, maybe, then maybe you can just wait till next season and just be like, Hey, yeah, we'll just give it to you at this game. Cause I do think he does deserve to have the fan reaction and have that moment yeah. where he's receiving the ring in front of the fans. Um, and maybe, you know, have that tribute where his highlights are playing, uh, on the Jumbotron. So I definitely think it'd be nice to have that, um, whether he wants to wait that long as well is another question, but we'll see. Well, I mean, they could always, if they end up doing the finals in August, they could just give it to him in game one of the finals. Uh, Bazinga. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he could have, like, he could do, like, a, a podcast appearance uh, or have Masai on his own podcast and then Masai can give it to him on the podcast. That'd be kind of fun. Do a video element to the podcast. Um, I don't know. Game one of the finals sounds much better to me. Let's pencil that in for uh, August 26th or whenever the fuck that'll be. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I think that's probably uh, enough for today. We've talked a lot about Danny Green, and he deserved to be talked about a lot. He was great. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug, sir? Um, no, just doing some stuff for Complex, so you can go check that out. Um, might do something for Raptors Republic. So stay on top of that. Uh, right now, actually at Raptors Republic, um, we're still sort of doing recaps of every game as it goes by through this championship run. So mm-hmm. that's a fun read if you want to go and uh, live it all back. Uh, and, bes- and besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek and Jacob. Right on, dude. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean, of course. Go to Raptors.com for the latest in the bracket of the greatest individual performances of all time there's going to be controversy on thursday i'm already uh teasing that ahead so keep an eye out there uh later this week i will be doing probably an episode where i'll read the because game five is tonight right like the replays of the finals uh, of the playoffs uh, game five against the magic yes yeah so i think maybe wednesday will be part two in our audiobook series or at least thursday will be part two of the audiobook series where i'm uh, putting we the champs on to tape and we will read it and we will bask in the glow of the raptors series win over the sixers probably going to be a two-parter because it was a seven game series and because uh my chapters ended up being much over word limit <laughs> and so we get into my chapters once we get to the sixer series that'll be fun um later in the week also we'll do a podcast about the elite eight in the bracket of all the all-time all uh, performances keep an eye out that for that on thursday most likely and uh i think that's about it i got all got going on right now you can find me uh, on twitter at woodley sean you can subscribe to rate and review this podcast and all the other locked on podcast network shows that are courageously and heroically churning out the content as uh, the world falls apart outside you can listen to your sports teams be talked about inside by our wonderful local hosts so make sure you're checking out the shows for the teams that you like 
And that's going to do it for today's episode. Please tell your smart device to go play Locked On Blue Jays or Locked On Leafs right now. And we will talk to you uh, on Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.